So John Dunn, if you're watching as well, come on down. I always told John Dunn that uh, one day he was going to be my associate. I told him. He just don't know it yet. Still got to get him. Praise the Lord. It was great to see Lizzie. Is it, I saw Cheryl, right? Is she on the phone? Is she watching? I thought I saw. Like everybody's everywhere. Oh, there is. Yeah. Okay. Everybody all around. There's so many. Okay, who's here? Who's not? Who's here? Who's here? Praise the Lord. Amen. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. We're going to be real brief because I really love this story. Luke chapter 19, verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Somebody say Zacchaeus. It says he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, somebody say short man, he could not because of the crowd. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, somebody say the spot. You got to always know that there's a spot for Jesus. Jesus always has a spot. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. Verse 8 says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. Here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Father, have your way one more time. Remove me. Place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. Lord, speak to us, Zacchaeus, here today. Powerful men, powerful women that are willing to go to any levels to see you. We give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. We all said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them it's time to change. Then you may be seated. There was a man in the army of Alexander the Great. And his name was also Alexander. But this man was accused of some cowardly actions. He was brought before Alexander the Great, who asked him what his name was. He replied real softly, Alexander. Alexander the Great, the ruler, looked at him and said, I can't hear you. The man said a little bit louder, Alexander. The process repeated one more time, after which Alexander the Great said, either change your name or change your conduct. Because if you're going to have my name, you can't be acting like a coward. Listen to me, Victory Outreach. God didn't call us to be Christian cowards. It's not who we are. 
If you are going to say, I am a follower of Christ, then what you're basically saying is that I'm putting away the old and I'm striving towards the new. The old is gone and the new has come. Can I hear an amen? See, the funny thing about it is that everybody wants a change, but nobody really wants to go through a change. When it comes to change, a lot of people would say, yes, I would love to change, but just don't change what I can control. Now, you're probably saying, well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? See, right now, if I were to say this, if I were to come to you and say, you know what, I want to add $100,000 to your bank account, how many would say amen? Right? If I were to come up to you and I were to give you some keys to a fully furnished, fully equipped, fully everything, a BMW, and it's paid off, you don't ever have to worry about it ever again, and I were to give it to you, how many would say amen? If I were to give you keys to a brand new house, fully furnished, has everything that is needed, matter of fact, a full tank of gas, and I'm going to give you gas for a full, or excuse me, a, a, a house filled with everything that you need. It's got the hot tub inside, the master suite. It's got a pool in the back. And matter of fact, it's paid off. Here are the keys. How many would say amen? Well, that's a change, right? It's a change. See, everybody wants a change for the better, just not everybody wants what's best for them to get better. Nobody wants the process to go through that change. See, I said everything about a house, about a car, about finances. You can get all that, but you got to change to get there. There must be a change for there to happen. See, some people will change when they see the light. Others only change when they feel the heat. I like that quote. Somebody said that. I'm going to say it one more time. Some people will change when they see the light. Others only change when they feel the heat. I've shared this story before. I like this story. It's a story of two construction workers, and they were out there working. And when they were out there working, it was time for a lunch break. And when they were out there on the lunch break, they sat down, and they began to open their lunch uh, boxes. And one guy opened up his lunch box, and he looked, and he said, oh, man, bologna again? I hate bologna. I can't stand bologna. This is the third time this week. I hate bologna. The other construction worker looked at him and said, well, why don't you just tell your wife to make you something else? The man looked back at him and said, I'm not married. I made the sandwich myself. <laughs> See, the fact of the matter is, is that most of us in our lives, we put the baloney in our own lives. And we're wondering why there's no change. My friend, here today, if you want the baloney out of your life, if you want that circumstance, if you want that happening out of your life, then, my friend, you cannot look at God and say, God, come down here, change this whole thing. God's saying, no, I'm not going to change your circumstance. I'm going to change your character. Because if you can change your character, you're going to see your circumstance change. My friend, it's time to get the baloney out of your life. Look at your neighbor and say, get the baloney out. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of some baloney. Tired of some baloney. We got to change. Can I hear an amen? See, now what is change? Change is something that presses us out of our comfort zone. It's destiny filtered. It's heart grown, and it's faith built. 
What I love about change is that change is inevitable. It's not a respecter of persons. Change is for the better or even for the worse, depending upon how you see it. It is uncomfortable for changing one from one state to the next upsets our control over the outcome. Change has a ripping effect on those who will not let go. But change isn't fixed by crying, worrying, or even mental treadmilling. But change is won by the victors and not the victims. And the choice is ours today. Somebody once said that it is strange that while praying, we seldom ask for change of character, but always ask for a change in circumstance. See, here in this story with Zacchaeus, there was a change that happened almost immediately. Somebody say immediately. In Luke chapter 19, verses 2 through 4, we see something here that really brings forth a different type of atmosphere and attitude of thinking. The first thing that we see here is that Zacchaeus changed his attitude. Somebody say attitude. The Bible says that he was a rich man. Somebody say rich man. Now, this is what I've learned about rich folk. Many times, a lot of rich folk are the most stingiest folk. Some of you guys ain't believing that because you're like, I want to be stingy. <laughs> I'm not rich. All throughout history from the Bible to today. See, some of you even right now, you before you even walked in here, when you walk, go on Facebook, you always think, man, what I would do with Mark Zuckerberg's money. But you don't have that money. It's his money. He can do what he wants with it. The Bible says here that Zacchaeus was a rich man. He could have done whatever he wanted. Wherever, he was a publican. He was a man that was known all throughout the city. So if he was a rich man and he was a publican, people knew him. Why didn't he just pay to have this Jesus guy come to his house? Right? Rich people do that all the time. They throw parties. Hey, let's get them over here. You come to me. I'm the man. But there was something different about Zacchaeus at this moment. He was pretty much tired of being sick and tired. He was tired of always having things his way. His ways was only getting him so far. So right away we see here that the Bible says that he was a rich man. What I've learned, and as you study the scriptures, for whatever reason, rich, rich people or wealthy people always have a sense of pride about them. When you have the most money in the room, for whatever reason, the most money kind of dictates the most powerful. Have you ever seen uh, Trump whenever he talks to people? You ever seen that? Whenever he talks to people? No. Some of you think, well, that's the presidency in him. That's actually not the presidency in him. That's just how he is. He's always been a wealthy man. You ever seen that before? You've probably never seen it, but I've watched some of his videos from the past. This guy really walks into a room, and he thinks he owns the place. You know the crazy thing is he probably does own the place. <laughs> I see him the way he conducts himself. I'm like, man, this guy, he's, he's in the, he goes to shake people's hands and he moves them in the back. Right? You see that? You know, you, you know why? That's not, listen to me. That's not the presidency. That's the wealth. That's the wealth. Because when you have the most money, you think you have the most power. What was happening here with Zacchaeus, what was crazy is that he wasn't going to let that sense of pride change his future. See, the Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. See, a lot of people think that money is bad. Well, money's not bad. It's actually the love of money that's bad. 
I want to make that very clear because a lot of people get a bad and negative connotation when it comes to finances and Christians, that Christians have to be poor. That's actually not the case whatsoever. I pray that you are the blessed. Matter of fact, I pray that you would be the most blessed person at your job, that when people see you, they go, man, if he can make it, if she can make it, then I know that I can make it. I need her secret. That's it. Is that Jesus? Then I need some of that Jesus. Wherever he's at, I want to get to that spot. So I want to make that very clear. It's not money that's evil. It's the love of money that brings about all kinds of evil. The Bible also says that not only was he wealthy, but he was short. Now, maybe he could have had what we call a Napoleon complex. You ever heard of that before, a Napoleon complex? And for me, I, I right away adapted with the story because I grew up uh, a very short kid. I was actually the shortest on all my teams, all of them, every single one of them. If there was a kid shorter than me, then he was officially a midget, you know, because I, I was short. I was the shortest being picked for anything. A lot of times people always looked at me, and especially if they didn't know me, you know, you played kickball. I was the last one picked uh, because I was short. However, after I played one game, I was the first one picked. But you know why? It's because I made it and I determined within my life, I'm short, but I'm going to act big. I'm going to talk big. You know what I've learned is that the shortest guys have the longest talk. Or as they would say, they have the longest neck. Oh, man, they're talking long neck over here. So maybe for whatever reason, remember, he was a publican. So this guy could talk. He was wealthy and could have very well been a very good talker. He could have very easily just talk to Jesus and went, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, you from Nazareth, come on over here. Let me talk with you. Could have easily did that. Could have paid people to move out of the way. There could have been a lot of things that happened within this man's life. But what I love about this story is the Bible says that he was a publican, a tax collector. When you read early on in the scriptures, the Bible says that Jesus was a friend to sinners and a friend to tax collectors. It's kind of crazy how the Jews associated sinners and tax collectors together. You ever notice that? Because to the Jews, if you were a tax collector, you were a manipulator. You were taking my money without even knowing it. That's how they viewed it. You're a sinner. Automatically, there is no such thing as a good tax collector. In the scriptures, you read that. There's no such thing as a good tax collector. They don't like Matthew was a tax collector. Did you know that? One of the disciples. They weren't looked at in a positive light. So why is this man Zacchaeus coming over here looking for Jesus? And not only that, he probably could have been wearing some royal robes. He could have very well been wearing something, uh, you know, very expensive. So all of a sudden, here comes Zacchaeus, and he shows up where Jesus is, and he climbs a tree. Now, I don't know about you, but, man, if I'm wearing my best, I'm, hey, don't get me dirty. Matter of fact, my kids come around me after service all the time, and I know they've been playing with glue. I'm like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. You've been in the tan bark. Don't touch me. Right? I'm wearing my best. This, this is my best. I came, and I showed up nice. And here's Zacchaeus wearing his best, and he doesn't care. He's a wealthy man. Good talker. Been through a whole lot. But here he was saying, look it, I don't care what I look like. I don't care how people know me. I'm sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over again. There has to be a change. 
And if there's going to be a guy who's a friend to me because nobody else wants to be my friend, I need to find this guy. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he stands for, but I've heard a lot of great things about him. And if he has been a man who represents greatness, then that's what I want. I need that. Whatever he has, whatever, wherever he's at, I need to be there. So the Bible says that he climbed a sycamore tree. Now, when you find out about a sycamore tree, a sycamore tree grows anywhere from 98 to 131 feet. In other words, it wasn't just a small tree. He climbed this thing with all his clothes, with all his expensive stuff, with all his name on the line. He didn't care about his name. He didn't care about his report. He didn't care about his clothes. All he knew was, I want a See Jesus, and I'll do whatever I got to do to see him. Zacchaeus, the first thing that changed was his attitude. He didn't see this man the way that everyone else did. Everyone else came for a show. He came for a change. I need to change. I don't want to be the same man that I was before I came into an encounter with Jesus Christ. Listen to me, those of you that are here. Don't come for the show, for the lights, for all the. You got to come for Jesus. See, this is the Bible says that Jesus came to the spot. There's always a spot where Jesus shows up. There's always a spot. Maybe for some of you, that spot is right there at your job. Jesus could show up right there. Maybe you're there in your family and it's all chaotic and there's so many people around and you don't know what to do. Jesus could show up right there at that spot. But you know the thing about it is that Jesus could show up, but can you see him? If you can't see him, change your attitude. Climb a tree and you'll see him. Listen, if you're here today, you think you have it all together, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Zacchaeus understood, I can have all the money in the world, but what does a prophet of man to gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Listen to me. I want to make this very clear because I understand we live in the Bay Area, and the Bay Area is one of the most expensive economies in the world. In the world. Not just in California, not in the U.S., in the world. Our economy. It's crazy. So you're probably saying, well, Pastor, what does that mean? Why are you saying that? I'm saying that because if you're not careful, the economy can dictate your life over God. Your boss could tell you, hey, you know, if you work on Sundays, we'll give you the extra double, triple overtime. Doesn't that sound good? That sounds great. But it's going to take you away from where the spot is. So you, you can think, I'm telling you, you can gain the whole world, but when you lose it in here. See, Zacchaeus, he had already gained it all. And he said, look, I've already attained it all. It hasn't gotten me nowhere. I don't have anybody. I may have things, but I don't have anybody. I need somebody right now. So what does Zacchaeus do? He climbed a tree. So the moment you change your attitude, you change your level. You'll go on to the next level just by changing your attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to change. The second thing that I see here with Zacchaeus, this is crazy. Look at this story. Luke chapter 19, verse 5. Look at verse 5. Right away, Jesus says, I want to stay at your house. Now, think about this. Who meets a stranger and the stranger says, hey, I'm going to stay at your house tonight? Who does that? Nobody does that. That's crazy. They come and they say, I'm going to stay at your house. Why? Because right away, the second thing that changed with Zacchaeus was accountability. Somebody say accountability. 
First was his attitude. Second was accountability. Because when you go to somebody's house, it's not just about a little bit about the person. You know everything about the person. Everything about the person. See, the home is where there's either elegance or ugliness. Matter of fact, let me ask you this. If I were to come to your house right now and I were to say, you know what? Me and my wife, we want to come and we want to stay over and have dinner at your house. But we're going to come over right after service. You know, some of you are like, hey. Oh, wait. Is the dog in the house? Oh, wait. I don't have a dog. Do I have a dog? I don't know, but I got kids that like dogs. Oh, my gosh. Is there food? I left the food on the table. Is there laundry? I left the laundry right there. Oh, my gosh. Wait, but the laundry, I didn't clean up. What if he wants What if he wants to check out and see? Oh, my gosh, it's the back. Did I clean the garage? He's not going to go in the garage. He's going to go in the garage. He's not going to go in the garage. Oh, my God, I got to clean. I didn't mow the lawn. Is the lawn mowed? Oh, my gosh. Because the moment someone comes over your house, it says everything about you. See, here you come to church. Hey, how you doing? Blessed. Hallelujah. Like, what's up? Good to see you. Praise the Lord. But you go home. Oh, my gosh. Did you see her? Oh, my God. That dress was hideous. That was horrible. See, you could say that stuff behind closed doors. So what is Jesus saying? He's coming in and saying, look, look, whatever you do behind closed doors, I need to get that. Wait, Jesus, hold on. Like, it's cool, you know, I, I come to the spot, but don't invade my spot. Like, well, hold on one second. I love coming to church, but if I got to bring church to home, you're going too far too fast, Jesus. Hold up. Wait. That's what Jesus did with him. Right away, he checked his accounts. Right away, he checked, hey, what's on your television? Right away, he checked, hey, what's on your phone? What's on your computer? What are you listening to? See, I, I shared the other day even about music, and I asked this question. If God is in you, what are you forcing him to listen to? What are you? Because if God's in you, right, he's there. What are you forcing him? What are the things? What are we talking about? Even me and my wife the other day, we had this conversation. I think it was probably today or yesterday. We even talked about our children. We're talking about our kids. How do we talk to our kids? What do we say in front of our kids? Because, man, our kids, they look at everything. They listen to everything. And sometimes we'll be talking, and me and my wife, we'll just be talking, we'll be talking, and our kids are just standing there. watching us. See, because here, we're like, hey, Elijah, don't do that. But at home, Elijah, get over here right now. Changes. It's different. I don't actually do that, but if I did, that'd be funny. Because at home are all your accounts. At home is all your accounts. Jesus here came and said, 
I want to stay at your house. Now, this is what really intrigues me about this particular part of the story. That Jesus says, I want to stay at your house. Right after that, Zacchaeus comes and says, hey, if I've done anybody any wrong, right? You'll see it right there. He's like, look, if I cheated anybody, what do you mean if you cheated? You're a tax collector. Of course you cheated somebody. But, you know, if I did, I'm not saying I did, but if I did, if I did, I'm going to give half my possessions to the poor, and then I'm going to give back four times the amount. Now, I, I began to study this. I said, why did he give four times the amount? Four times the amount was the law that was given in the book of Moses that w- you were to do. Now, the thing about it is that in the law, you had to do it if you were convicted. If you were a convicted person, you must give back four times the amount. That's what the law said. But here was Zacchaeus. Was, was, was he convicted by a judge? No. He was convicted by the Holy Spirit. Something changed within him. It was just different. He, he didn't need somebody to tell him the law. He knew God's love. And he said, hey, if I'm going to be a new man, I, I got to change some things. If I'm going to be a new woman, I, I got to change some things. I don't want to be the same man that I was before when I walked into the doors. I don't want to be the same person that I was when I came to this spot. This spot changed my life. And because of this spot, everybody's going to know that Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I'm going to let everybody know. And I'm going to give it all back because I know that the Lord has given me so much. He gave it back four times the amount. But I, I, I like his answer because it's like, right, he's a new Christian, right, pretty much at that moment. He's like, if I did it, of course you did it. Stop saying you, of course you did. We know you did it. Everybody knows you did it. He said, oh, okay, all right, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to give it away. Even though I'm not in a courthouse, I'm in God's house. And I'm going to let God do what he wanted to do. Let me ask you this question. If Jesus were to come right now, can he stay at your house? Can he stay at your house? The third thing and the last thing, and I close with this, is that first, his attitude changed. Second, accountability changed. And the third and the last thing is the atmosphere changed. Somebody say atmosphere. In Luke chapter 19, verse 9, you'll see it here. Matter of fact, let's read it. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Right away, everything in the house changes when Christ comes into the picture. See, this is what I love. It's not just a change for you, it's a change for your whole house. For your whole house, right? We just did a baby dedication. You just saw it right now. Now, it takes a while. See, that's the other thing. Let me get this very clear. Jesus said, today salvation has come to his house. The word has come broken down means it's on its way. It's on its way. The best way I can describe it is like this. Now, I'm going to use it because I'm a 49er fan, all right? 49ers, we look good this year. We need prayer, but we look good this year. Prayerfully, amen. We have this quarterback, I was watching him last last year, Jimmy Garoppolo. And what I really loved about it, in this one particular game, the Niners are down, he does this one thing that what we call in, in football, scrambling. 
and he's scrambling. He's getting the ball, and he doesn't know where to go. The clock's winding down, and if you watch it, he's, he's right-handed quarterback, and he's going to his left. It's very difficult, and he's going to his left, and he points, and he tells the tight end, get there. He was over there. He says, get there, and he's running to his right. He says, get there, and if you get there, I'm going to throw it there. He threw the ball, and the tight end wasn't even there. But he told him, get there. Because if you can get there, then I'll throw the promise there. And if you can get to that spot, you're going to receive your promise. It's on its way. I know you may not see it. I know you may not feel it. But if you get to the spot, it's on its way. It's on its way. God's got the promise. You got to do your part. You got to do your part. You know what I love about it is that he said salvation has come to the house today. The word salvation broken down in the Greek is soterion. The word soterion means defense. It's an army term where we get the helmet of it's a defense. What Jesus was saying here is that he put the house and salvation together. He says, look, if you learn to let me be your savior, I'll protect you from anyone around you. I'll protect you. Don't worry about it. See, I say this because those of you, you've been trying to defend church. Don't worry about it. You're trying to defend, well, this is why I give my money. No, you don't have to. Don't worry about it. Just let God be your Savior. He's your defense. In the midst of it all, listen, uh, if you're like me, you got a big family, and in the midst of big families, big families, big problems. That's just the way that it is. Big families, big problems, big rumors, big gossip, big this, big Everything is big in a big family. I got a big family. Now, when I say big, I just don't mean like there's a lot of us. There is a lot of us. But I mean there's a lot of us, a lot of us, and a lot of them. They're big. My smallest uncle is 6'2", good 260 pounds. My smallest uncle. Right? They're big. And the thing about it is that whenever I visit Southern California, whenever I go there, I always get there. Oh, Look who shows up today and graces us with his presence. Wow. It happens all the time. Family reunions, whatever it might be. This is the crazy part. Oh, look, and now he wants to show up. Now, oh, look, I didn't even think he was a part of our blood. I just thought I saw him in pictures. I even had one of my cousins the other day said, oh, I forgot what you look like, but only thank God for Facebook I saw what you look like. Like she was trying to throw, you know those jabs? <laughs> you want to know how to defend that? Salvation. Salvation. But it's not you, it's him. So when you think, well, well I got to say something, well, I got to defend myself, you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to defend yourself. This is the craziest part about the whole thing is that when all that jibbing and jabbing and all that sticking and stabbing, when it's all said and done, weeks later, guess who they call? Guess who they call? Late at night. <laughs> you're probably watching right now. I know you. I hope you're watching because this is a true story. Hey, I'm are you going to pay for me? You want me to pay for you? No, I need you to pay for me. Because I don't need to pay for me. But, you know, 
you need me to pay? What do you want me to pay? Oh, pray. Yeah, pay for me. Two in the morning. Huh? So I know they're trying to stick you. They're trying to stab you. They're trying to say all this. But when you understand who Jesus is in your life, and you understand that he is the alpha and the omega, he is your fortress, he is the beginning and the end, that you don't have to defend yourself, you don't have to come up and say, well, but no, my friend, he is your everything, he is your savior, he is your redeemer, he is your light, he is your Lord, he is the one that protects you when no one else wants to protect you. What Jesus was telling Zacchaeus here, he says, look, you understood what it is. You changed your attitude. You changed your accountability. You know what? Salvation has come to your house. You know what's heavy about that scripture that I really love? Is that Zacchaeus didn't say the sinner's prayer. You ever notice that? There's actually a few times in the Bible where Jesus and a few of the others, they said, hey, you're saved. Uh, but I didn't even say, you know, the sinner's prayer. Don't I have to say that? Actually, you know what he did? He gave money away. And he gave his possessions away. And Jesus goes, oh, you get it. You're saved. Why? Because your heart and your treasure, they're attached. Because a lot of people, I'll follow Jesus. Okay, but you got to give. I ain't giving nothing. Then you're not following Jesus. Because if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you got to learn to be a giver. So then right away, he says, salvation, it showed up at his house. That's where salvation's at. Listen to me, mom, dad, grandmother, grandfather. I know it's been difficult for you with your children when it comes to the piano. I know it's been difficult for you with your family. You've been going through hard times and difficult times. And I know it's not easy, especially in the economy of where we're at today. I got to work. I got to work. So more time at work, less away from your family. And even your family's pricking away at you. Ah, oh, see, oh, and all this stuff is happening. Why do you go to church? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And you're trying your best to defend yourself. And you're trying your best to figure it out. And God says, you don't have to figure it out. I'm already here to defend you. I, I got your back. And I got your front. And I got your left. And I got your right. But what I need you to do is you got to change some accounts in your house today. Some of you here today, you, you have some accounts that need changing. And just admit to it like Zacchaeus. Hey, I, dude, I've messed people up. I jack, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you. I, I've done some wrong to some people. Some of you here today, you need to just come to it. Hey, I haven't been the best husband. I haven't been the best wife. I just, I, I, I'm not, I don't have it all together. But what I do have, hey, I got to give it up. God, here, this is yours. It's not mine. That's why we dedicate the children. Those kids, they're not mine. I have four wonderful children, but I understand what, they're not mine. One day they're going to grow up and they're going to get out of my house. But not now. Because right now, that house is training ground. That's a training house. I know we have the UTC, but I got my own UTC. It's the PTC, Pineda Training Center, right there. And I teach them, and I show them, this is how daddy takes care of business. This is what daddy watches. This is what daddy doesn't watch. This is what daddy listens to. This is what daddy doesn't listen to. And we don't let the enemy in through that. We don't let the enemy in over here. We protect this house, protect this house. What do you mean, dad? This is what I mean. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's figure this out. Let's pray. My children come up to us to tell us to pray every night. And sometimes I forget. Oh, okay. Well, I got to go pray with the kids. That's crazy, huh? They're telling me, Dad, pray 
for me. Mom, pray for me. Pray for me. But protect this house. Protect this house. Can Jesus come to your house and protect it? You're the only one that can let him in. It's you. Jesus is a gentleman. Here I stand at the door and knock. If any man let me in, I will come in and dine with him. I don't know about you, but man, that's the best kind of dinner I can ever think of. I mean, I know your mom or dad or aunt or uncle make some great food, but when it comes to having Jesus at the dinner table, I can care less about the food. I just want him at the table. I just want him at the table. If you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I've been having a little attitude, and I need an attitude adjustment. I got to change some things. I got to see things in a different light. I've been seeing things a little negative. Then here today, if that's you, then today is going to be your day. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I need some accountability adjustments. I need some accountability things, and today is your day. If you're here today and say, you know what? I need the atmosphere to change within my house. I need the atmosphere to change within who I am and what God does within my house. My prayer here today is that salvation would come to your house today. Stand with me here this, this afternoon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray, and we're going to just ask God to be with us for the next few moments. Thank you, Jesus. Father, have your way. I want to say a prayer. If you're here today, and you say, you know what? I need some atmosphere to change in my house. I need some accountability. I need an attitude to change within my house. Maybe it's not even you, but you represent the house. I, I don't know your situation. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm ready to climb a tree to go to the next level. I'll do whatever I got to do. I don't care what I'm wearing. I don't care how I look. I don't care how people view me. I'm ready to be a different man, a different woman, a different husband, a different wife, a different son, a different daughter. If that's you here today with every head bowed and every eye closed and you're prepared to sing this song, if that's you, I want you to just get out of your seat, come to this altar right now, and let's make some adjustments. Let's make some changes here today.